right, come on now. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? You gotta make some noise, excited to be here. Man, it is so good to see every single one of you guys. Thank you for coming out and worshiping with us today. I wanna welcome everyone to our Ashland campus as well. We are one church in two locations, so if you know anybody in the Boyd County area, uh, even over in West Virginia, if they wanna make the trek over to Kentucky, we're seeing God do great things at our Ashland campus, so we wanna welcome you as well, and everybody online. Man, the last couple weeks have just been unbelievable. The, if you take our last Wednesday night at Tribal Wars, you take our Wednesday night before that, our college night, we had over 300 middle school, high school, and college students pack the place out in the last two weeks. That's been amazing, man. And a ton of those gave their life to Jesus. It's just so good to see that. And for the last two nights, I've been at a college conference preaching uh, down at Laurel Lake. And to see what God is doing in this young generation, it's just so, it's so awesome. Because we hear a lot of things that maybe, you know, things are just not going good and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, God has a remnant of young people that he's just raising up. Last night, I mean, I, I, we, the people that I even got to meet in Laurel Lake, I mean, it's just crazy. A guy from the Netherlands, a guy from Venezuela gave his life to him last night. Brazil. South Africa, to see these guys rise up who find the way to Kentucky, who find the way to Corbin, Kentucky, and, and give their life to Jesus and be transformed with the gospel and then go back to their countries. I'm telling you what, I'm so excited to see what God is doing in this next generation that he is raising up. And so I, I'm running on fumes, so you gotta work with me this morning because we got in late last night, but listen, it's good. It's just so good to see what the Lord is doing. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to John Chapter 15, John 15, very familiar passage. I know you've seen this or read this before, um, but while, while you're turning there, let me, let me uh, share this with you. This series is about growing in our faith. It's about having a growth that we produce in our life as like second nature. Like it's just not even think about it as we just grow in our walk with the Lord. And so last week we talked about if we wanna grow something healthy, you gotta have good soil. And we looked at a parable that Jesus talked about, and it was the soul representing the heart. And we said, if our hearts are gonna be good, our heart's gonna be right, we gotta have the good soil. And so we talked about a hard heart. What does that look like? We talked about a shallow heart, a crowded heart. But then we talked about a fertile heart, a good heart for things to grow. And so it starts with the heart. If you missed last week, you were traveling out of town, make sure you go back and watch it, because today we're gonna talk about a good soil produces what in our life? Mark 11, you hang tight at John 15, but Mark 11, there, I think this really sets us up to what I really wanna share with you today. It says, Jesus on the next day went and they had left Bethany and he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree and the leaf, he went to see if perhaps it would find anything on it. Could there be something on this tree? But when he came to the tree, he found nothing but leaves. No fruit, no produce, nothing but leaves. Jesus was looking for fruit and he only found leaves. And here's the thought. Jesus is the creator of the fig tree. Jesus is the one who creates the fruit tree. And Jesus, when he, when he approaches his creation, he expects fruit from what he has created. And it's with that mindset as we begin to look at this passage, I wanna ask you this, why is fruit so important? Why is fruit so important in our life? Why is it so important in the context that we're about to walk through? 
And so in John chapter 15, starting in verse one, I wanna walk you just through a few verses, make a few observations, and then talk about the benefits of how it applies to our life for us to bear fruit. So if you're ready to get started, say let's go. All right, let's go, here we go, verse one. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my Father is the vine dresser. So the first service didn't get it, maybe the second one get it. If there is a true vine, that means there must be a false vine. Yes, man, y'all are well awake this morning, first service or not. Right. There must be a false vine. And so Jesus wants everyone to know, see, the Israel thought they were the vine in the Old Testament. But Jesus said, wait, 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 I am the true vine. I am the vine and my Father's the vine dresser and all that you are is a branch. In fact, look at the person sitting beside you and say, you're a branch. Tell them, say, you're a branch. That's all you are, you're just a branch, just a branch. I'm gonna make sure you're gonna talk to me this morning. Like, you're a branch, you are a branch. That's very important to know. You are not the vine, you're not the vine dresser, you are the branch that produces this fruit. Verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, literally means he lifts it up. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. I don't know about you, but pruning is painful. There's pain when it comes to pruning. God sometimes will cut good things out of your life so you can experience the best things that he has for you. And sometimes we gotta cut away good stuff, let good stuff go so we can have more fruit, we can have the best. And then verse three, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Now this is very important. That word clean and prune, cleaning and pruning comes from the exact same root word. And so what Jesus is letting you know, you are already clean because of the word. What I'm trying to tell you is that this is not a salvation issue, this is a production issue. It's not that you're not saved, you are just not producing fruit in your life. You're already clean but you're not producing fruit. And we wanna be people, men and women of God, who produce fruit, verse four. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it stays connected, abides to the vine. Remember, Jesus is the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're just a branch. That's very important for you to get grasp. You are nothing but a branch, you're just a branch. And he who abides in me, stay connected to me, and I am him, he will bear much fruit, for from apart from me, you can do nothing. And in this context, we see there's, there's branches that have no fruit, there's branches that have fruit, there's branches that has more fruit, but then there's branches with much fruit. And that's my prayer for you. And that's my prayer for me, is that we would be men and women of God, that God would prune back fruit in our life, that we would be producing much fruit fruit that will last, because only with Christ do we have the capacity to even produce this type of fruit. Verse six, if anyone does not stay connected or abide in me, he is thrown away as the branch and dries up, and then gather them and cast them into the fire that the, when they are burned, that they are burned. Now, now, I don't know what context you were raised in or church you were raised in or mindset, I wasn't raised in church, so I wasn't raised up, taught a certain thing or a certain way, but in this context, a lot of times when you see fire, you think of hell. God took a branch and the branch didn't produce fruit and he throws it in hell. But we already know Jesus said, wait, I'm talking to the disciples, you're already clean. And what he's trying to say here is, listen, when you're a branch that don't produce fruit, you're, it's useless, it's worthless. It's not making a difference. Really, at the end of the day, he's just saying, just gather the wood up and throw it to the fire. It may be good to, just to start the fire. 
So don't get caught up in that. So verse seven, if you abide in me and my words, that's very important, my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. So why is bearing fruit so important to Jesus? It's important because it proves to the world that you are a follower of him. When you bear fruit in your life, it proves to the world that you are a follower of Jesus. But here's the question that I always ask and I have. Why the image of fruit? Why couldn't it have been something else? Why the image of fruit? Well, I have a few suggestions for you. Number one is this. Fruit comes from a connection. Fruit cannot be produced unless it's connected to the branch, unless it's connected to the vine. So fruit comes from a connection. If you're not connecting, you have no power. If you have no power, you cannot produce fruit. No connection, no power, no connection, no produce, no connection, no fruit. Just, it's just simple. So fruit has to stay connected or it cannot produce itself. And in what we're talking about, he says, how do you get this power is you abide. Now, the word abide means to remain, it means to dwell, it means to stay. In Hebrew, it means to sit. As the psalmist says, I will dwell, I will abide, I will sit in the house of the Lord. And I'm gonna talk to you a little bit more about that word abide because I went on a real study 20 years ago of really trying to figure out how do you really truly abide in Christ. But in the general, it's a constant fellowship with the Lord. It's a constant fellowship with Jesus. And here's the crazy thing. You are as close to God as you choose to be. You're close to Jesus as you choose to be. You can't blame your spouse. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame the church. Well, that pastor, he just doesn't feed me. I gotta find a church that feeds me. That speaks more of your immaturity than it does the pastor. Because you listen, part of growing up is to feed yourself. I need nourishment. And we see you are as close and connected to Jesus as you choose to be. No one is stopping you. It is your choice to abide, to stay connected, to sit as you are close to Jesus. So fruit comes from a connection, but here's something else. Fruit is a natural process. That's the part of the second nature we're talking about in this series. It's a natural process. Fruit bears itself with ease. Like, you're not seeing this apple strained. Gotta be an apple. Oh, I just gotta be an apple. And it's straining so hard to produce itself. All that the apple has to do, watch this, stay connected. And fruit will bear from the branch with ease. It's not your ego, it's not your talent, it's not your craft, it's not your skills, because you cannot produce fruit on your own. That's what Jesus says, without me you can do nothing. And here's what I believe, I'm, ta I'm, ta I'm preaching to myself, is so many of us try to produce fruit on our own. We buy every self-help book we can find, read every article, we read every blog post, we do, how do we get better? How can I have more patience? How can I have more discipline? How can I have more self-control? How can I be more loving? How can I be more gentle? How can I be more faithful? And we go all through these processes, these self-help, so that we can produce fruit. And none of that fruit lasts because you cannot manufacture fruit on your own strength. And we try to do this all the time. I just had a little bit more patience if I could be a little bit kinder, if I really could control my mouth and have self-control, if I could have a little bit more of just gentleness in my tone, and we do everything we can on our own power to try to do it, and you cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit without staying connected to Jesus. So this fruit bearing is a natural 
process. It cannot be forced. It's a supernatural process, and it only can happen when you stay connected to Jesus. You know why? Because he is Timothy. <laughs> he is him. Jesus says, I am him. And seven times through the book of John, he is the man, and you cannot produce fruit without staying connected to Jesus. But here's where I really wanna camp. Fruit comes from a connection, we get that. Fruit is a natural, second nature process. They don't even think, it just produces. But here's what I want you to know about fruit. Fruit is not for you. You don't bear fruit for yourself. The fruit does not bear fruit for the branch. The fruit bears, the branch bears the fruit, watch this, for you, for me to come and eat it. It's not for the branch, it is for you. Let me, let me break it up. Fruit is for your workplace. It's for your spouse. It's for your children. It's for your coach, your roommate, your classmate, your teammate, your sorority sister, your fraternity brother, for the world, for the waitress at the restaurant. The fruit you bear is not for you, it's for other people to see the fruit from your life and to pick it and say, there's something different about her. At work, all these girls gossip about everybody, but she's different. She don't sit around and gossip. It. Her fruit looks different. Hey, this go in the locker room, all the guys wanna cuss and swear and talk about this stuff and talk nasty and tell these dirty stuff, but that boy's different at work. Something's different about him. His fruit is different. Fruit is not for you, it's for the people around you. And I'm here to suggest the greatest evangelistic tool we could have on the planet is for Christians to start bearing fruit. And I wonder when you go to work, does everybody at work only see leaves? No fruit. When you go to school, when you go to practice, when you go shopping, when you go to restaurants, do people just see leaves? Or do they see fruit that you bear from your life? You see, the fruit is not the fruit for me to be with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, because it's not for me. It's for it to be displayed so the world will see and prove that I'm a follower of Jesus. And they would pick that fruit for two years, my roommate in college, he put up with my filthy mouth, my filthy friends, my filthy lifestyle, my filthy music. He put up with everything disgusting. He lived in a 12 by 12 dorm room with me and put up with me. And you know what happened? One of the fruit that would produce in his life was the fruit of love. He never condemned me. He never judged me. He literally loved the hell out of me. And I pick the fruit from his life and say, he's different, something's different about this guy. He doesn't judge me, he loves me. Dirt and all, muck and all, yuck and all, he loves me. And I just wanted for a world to see a group of followers of Jesus who are not so judgmental, who doesn't slander and gossip and point and look down on people but we see a group of people who love people. See, I'm saying churches all over the world, our country, especially our country, are filled with people. If you don't look like us, talk like us, dress like us, vote like us, you cannot be a part of us. And we wonder why everyone on your social media, all they see is leaves and no fruit. 
and we wonder why we can't change our cities. We wonder why we can't change our family trees. We wonder why we can't change the world. So when Jesus approached his creation, he expects fruit. Fruit that will last. So here's some of the questions. So what are the benefits for me as a follower of Jesus to stay connected to Jesus, to abide in him? Like, what, is, what are the benefits? Like, how does that benefit me as the branch? I'm just a branch. And if I don't stay connected to the vine, I will produce no fruit. I'm just a conduit to the nutrients of the fruit. So what are the benefits if I really truly abide in Christ? Well, look at verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, we believe this is God's word, right? The Bible is God's infallible inspired word and errant word. If my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Here's the first thought, listen. My prayers will be answered. You think about that. If I remain, sit, abide, dwell in his word, my prayers will be answered. You mean any prayer that I pray? You mean I could pray, God, would you turn these chocolate chip cookies into fat-free, no calories whatsoever? Like, you mean that type of prayer? Like whatever I want, whatever I wish, I could get it, whatever I pray for? God, in the name of Jesus, would you put a Chick-fil-A next to the exit out here right now, please? Like, you're telling me, like, whatever I pray for, I could get? See, here's what you gotta understand about prayer. God always answers your prayers. It's yes, no, or wait. He always answers prayer. Yes, we'll do that. No, it's not for you. We gotta wait, it's not Tommy. But see, if I stay connected to Jesus, if I'm abiding in his word, if I'm dwelling in him and I've surrendered fully to him, my prayers are not gonna be selfish prayers. And so he says, stay connected to me. And if you do, you do, ask. Ask, and it shall be done for you. Here's the second one, look at verse eight. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so to prove to be my disciple. Listen, this, I mean, it's right here in the text. When you bear fruit, look what it says. Here's the second thought. My God will be glorified. Like when you bear fruit in the workplace, when you bear fruit at home, when you bear fruit in public, when you bear fruit in private, when you bear fruit, God gets the glory for it. This is why I love the picture of fruit because the fruit is completely selfless. The fruit knows it cannot do this without this. So this right here, this is what? The fruit always reflects the glory back to the source. Always. And when the world sees your fruit, it will give God glory through your life. It's selfless. And I believe the world is just looking for people, men and women, God, who would stand up and bear fruit. And the scriptures talks about different types of fruit. It talks about the fruit of repentance. Like today, some of you, you have an opportunity to have the fruit of repentance. Well, you will repent of your sin, put your faith in Jesus and follow him. That is fruit of repentance. We also see when you study the text, there's the fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. When you invite someone and you bring someone to Jesus, when someone comes to Jesus, it's fruit-bearing process as they give their life to him. We have hundreds of team members across two campuses right now serving people, ministering to others. And when you minister to other people, it begins to bear fruit. You are bearing the fruit of other people serving you right now. And then we know, right, Galatians, that's the, that's the where we really find the fruit. It's what you think of the fruit of the Spirit. 
which is the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and faithfulness, and all, and you, you know that stuff, and goodness. All this, when we bear fruit, brings glory to God. And if I will stay connected to him, my prayers will be answered, and he always answered prayer. It will bring glory to him, and then here's the third. This is the big one for us. Watch this. Our love will increase. My love will increase. How do you increase your love? My love will increase. Look what he says in verse nine. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Stay connected, abide in my love. Why is it important to abide in his love? Watch this. If you keep my commandments, see the clause if, if is conditional. If is a choice. If you, I will. There's a condition when you see the word if. If you keep my commandments, you imbibe my love, just I've kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. About 20 years ago, I'd say, yeah, I'm back in, yeah, 21 years, probably back 2002. I wanted this deep study on this passage of John 15. And I really wanna know, what, how do you abide? Because I'm saved. Is it like being saved enough? I, I've, I've, given, I've repented my sin, put my faith in Jesus, I'm saved. How do you really truly abide? Yeah, it means to sit, it means to remain, it means to stay connected, and it means to dwell. But how? And my mind always works in just trying to be practical, like how? So if I abide, my prayers will be answered, God will get glory, and I just stay connected, and I bear fruit. How do I do that? And I went on this study trying to figure out, and all the stuff I came across the study and really never satisfied it. Because I want tangible, practical steps to abide. How do you do that? And then I found it. And it wasn't all the resources and the commentaries and the books and the articles and the stuff that I was reading. It was actually right here in the text. It was right here in front of me the whole entire time. I just didn't see it. How do you abide? Well, look what he says in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide, which means this, obedience leads to abiding. I never saw that. I never saw that. And then I asked the question, then why don't we obey? Why don't we obey him? Why don't we take him at his word? Because he says, if you abide in my word and my words are in you and you keep my commandments, you will abide in me. Why don't we obey him? He tells us, the reason you don't obey me is because you don't love me. If you love me, you will obey me. And so when I put this together, it was like, Loving him leads to obedience. Obedience leads to abiding. Abiding leads to bearing fruit. The problem if I'm not bearing fruit in all that I have as leaves is not the vine. It's not the vine dresser. It's your love problem. And I would suggest to you today that a lot of American churches have fell out of love with Jesus because we are not bearing fruit. Not bearing fruit that will last. And so the question is, do you, you don't have a disobedience problem. You have a love problem. And what you're saying is, God, I love comfort more than you. 
I love my pleasures more than you. I love my schedule more than you. I love my sports more than you. I love my academics more than you. I love my career more than you. I love my bank account more than you. I love my relationships more than you. I love what people think about me more than you. And when we love something else more than we love him, they become our little G God, our idols that we worship. And when people look at us, all they see is leaves. And I don't want that for you and I don't want that for me. And I want us to be men and women of God who would stand up, who would stay connected to his word, be obedient to his word, abide in him, that we bear fruit because if we do, we could change the world. As the King James Version says, there's something peculiar about them. And then lastly, if we do, here's another promise that we get, verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And watch what he says. And that your joy may be full. So by abiding and connecting, my prayers get answered, God gets glory, my love increases, he says in the text. And then watch this, my joy will overflow. My joy will overflow. And there is a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on happenings. If things are happening well in my life, things are going good at home, things are going good at work, things are going good at school for my kids, life is just good right now, I'm happy. Happiness is based on external circumstances. But joy, joy are based on spiritual realities that no matter what happens around me circumstantially, I can still have joy in my heart. How does that happen? That happens when you stay connected to Jesus. When you abide in Jesus, when you obey Jesus, literally when you truly fall in love with Jesus. And when you do, you will bear much fruit. So here's what I want you to do, I'm, just for a moment. I want you just to reflect on this. If you just bow your heads just for a moment, and I just want you to ask the Lord, God, what do you want to say to me today? What is it you want to say to me? When Jesus approaches you, does he see only leaves or does he see fruit? Lots of public display, but no true private devotion. We see external change, but no internal transformation. And I know this about you because you're here today at all of our campuses. I know this. You want to produce fruit in your life. You want the world to see you love and follow Jesus. You want to change the people around you. Even though you don't have the power, but watch this, the vine does by producing fruit through you, the branch. So bring this transformation. Imagine your spouse, your children, your classmate, your teammates, your professor, your teacher, your friends, your enemies, strangers, 
looked at your life and saw fruit. We could change the world. And so today, maybe the Lord has granted you the fruit of repentance. That today that you will turn from your sin and put your faith and trust in Him because He came for you and He died for you. And that today your eyes were open to see how much He truly loves you. And you turn from your sins and you turn to Jesus and you give the life to Him. You can do that right now. Right where you said. You say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I repent of my sin and I put all my faith and trust in you. Now help me go and follow you and bear fruit every day of my life. Then the second invitation for the rest of us, would you also repent? Whatever he lays on your heart, God, I fell out of love with you and I think blank is better than you. I love this more than I love you. And today my eyes have been opened and today I pray and ask you to forgive me of loving blank more than I love you. And you know what the Lord will do? He will grant repentance in your life, which will be fruit. And there'll be fruit bearing from this moment right now in your life. And at that moment when he burns away and he prunes back that spot in your life, guess what happens? Just hang tight because fruit will be producing from your life. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. And that's what I want for the church of God to stand up, fall in love with Jesus, and win a world to Christ. Father, we thank you so much for your word. It's so relevant. God, it's so connecting right where we are in our life today. God, forgive us when we love things more than we love you. We're all guilty of that, all of us. Forgive us for not staying connected to your word and being obedient when you tell us to obey and we don't do it. And God, I pray you begin to prune the areas of our life that are either not producing fruit that you'll cut away that were producing okay fruit, but you want us to produce more fruit, much fruit. Will you prune? And God, we give you all the glory. Because you tell us we cannot do this apart from you. And so may we stop striving and trying and wearing ourselves out to produce something that only you can produce. And we've just been reminded to stay connected to you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we ask and we pray.